With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Round and round by rat. It is requested by the greaser. It says it reminds him of the COVID-19 problems in sports. That is a classic track. Okay, uh, during the commercial, I have some Oilers updates for you. They are scheduled to leave for Seattle in an hour. It's at 7:30, so the the trip is a go. So the you know there are some concerns about what might happen with the game, but the, there's another player in COVID protocol, and it's Duncan Keith. So uh, Nugent Hopkins went in this morning. Duncan Keith is in there now. Devin Shore uh, went in, was it yesterday, the day before? It's a bit of a blur. And uh, Ryan McLeod is in COVID protocol as well. And, of course, head coach Dave Tippett. Also, Chris Russell moved to long-term injured reserve. Marcus Niemalainen gets placed on injured reserve. He didn't play last night. Cooper Marodi and Seth Griffith have been called up from the Bakersfield Condors. Both those guys are forwards. Griffiths is the team's, uh, Griffiths is the team's leading scorer, 18 points in 18 games. Mar- uh, Marodi is tied for second, 15 points in 18 games. Uh, now, unless I'm missing somebody, that leaves them still short of defensemen. Um, I don't know if maybe Cuckoo's going to be activated tomorrow. I'm not sure. Because uh, last night, what they had Nurse and Bouchard, Keith and Cece, Lagason and Barry, and Nima Linen was out, and now Keith is out. Uh, where's Broberg? Okay, maybe I'm missing Broberg. Okay. Yes, because Broberg's come back up. All right. So anyway, but they, I guess they could still bring somebody else up. So that's the latest with the Oilers. Keith into COVID protocol. Marodi and Griffith called up from the Bakersfield Condors. 780-496-0063. We have Johnny on the line. Hey, Johnny, go ahead. I read my favorite memory of this Christmas year will be your poem. My favorite uh my, sorry my favorite memory was your poem my wish would be that you get nominated for honorary poet laurier and i'd request the canned ham and if you give it to me i'd ask you to donate it to the food bank oh i will that we'll definitely do that uh we'll do something for the food bank for sure and uh i had for you bud okay i appreciate it johnny thank you very much for calling in 780-496-0063 all right so Yes, I'm taking people's uh, favorite sports memories of the past year because we want to talk about positive things or a Christmas wish for your favorite team or athlete or a gift you would get them. And Duncan Keith has gone into COVID protocol. Nima Linen placed on injured reserve. Russell moved to long-term injured reserve. Seth Griffith and Cooper Marodi called up from the Condors. Griffith, by the way, last played in the NHL 
in the uh, 17-18 season with the Buffalo Sabres. He had two goals and an assist in uh, 21 games. So, yes, uh, (laughs) a lot of scrambling going on. Of course, the Flames have had games postponed until after Christmas. Same with the Avalanche and the Panthers. Keep in mind that the Oilers' first game after Christmas is December 27th at Calgary. It is possible. And again, I'm just saying this. It is possible. Nothing's for sure yet. We know things change all the time. It's possible that game could be moved to the 28th. Because if the Flames aren't doing anything, they would probably want to have a practice before they play a game, you know, besides just having a morning skate. So I think one scenario would be that they would practice on the 27th and play the Oilers on the 28th. That would make it a pretty tough stretch for the Oilers because then they'd be in St. Louis on the 29th and then they have back-to-back afternoon games the 31st on the 1st. If that happens, I, I would guess that the game in Calgary would start earlier. Maybe it would start at 6 instead of 8 or 7.30. It's also possible that the league might let the Flames practice on Boxing Day and then the game goes ahead on the 27th. But I'm just throwing it out there as something to keep in mind. So we'll see how that goes. And the Oilers are going to Seattle. So Furnace Family, Oilers Hockey tomorrow, 6.30 for the face-off show, game at 8. Oilers at Kraken, third and final meeting of the year between the two teams. So there is the uh, quick update with what's going on with the Oilers. The Winnipeg Jets, of course, a bit of a shocker today. Paul Maurice stepping down as head coach. To dive into that a little deeper from the CGOB Sports Show in Winnipeg, Christian O'Mell. Christian, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a, a busy day, Reed, here in Winnipeg. Well, this one caught me off guard. I got one of those little alerts on my phone, and I was thinking, what? What? That Is that a mistake? <laughs> I mean, how did this shake down for you guys this morning? So for me, I work in the, the afternoon and the evening, so I get up in the morning. You know, I, I get to sleep in because I work in the evening, and I check my email, and I, I my jaw was open. I could not believe what I saw. Paul Maurice resigns is the headline. I think 9.34 a.m. the email came in. I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. I I felt like maybe a change was necessary, perhaps at some point. I didn't think I'd see the word resign, though, beside the name of Paul Maurice. And then over the course of the day, we heard from Maurice uh, at a news conference at 10 a.m. Central Time, followed by the general manager, Kevin Cheveldayoff. Dave Lowry spoke just after 4 o'clock, the now interim head coach of the Jets. We heard from players as well today. It's been a very busy day, and there's a game tonight. That's the craziest thing of all is that they play a hockey game tonight, whereas, you know, they haven't played since Tuesday. This could have happened Wednesday or Thursday. No, it happens the morning of a game day. The timing is certainly interesting, but no longer is Paul Maurice the head coach of the Jets. He's been here since 2014, and now someone else is in charge. So... I've played some of the clips and I'll drop some more in as we go along today. And you heard the whole thing. What struck you the most? Was there anything that enlightened you or that you're still kind of like, I'm not sure I buy that Paul, like anything along those lines. Not, not super stunning. You know, Maurice says he feels like this is a good team and they need a new voice that he hadn't lost the locker room but maybe it had gotten a little stale. And the reality is he's been the coach here for almost eight years. A lot of the players that came up through the system have only known one person's voice in the NHL. And he mentioned the only other guy that's been around in one place as long as him is John Cooper. He's got two Stanley Cup rings and Paul doesn't have that. 
And if you don't have that, well, what do you have? And he, he did, he credited the fact that he took a team that was, you know, not doing well when he came here in 2014, they went to the playoffs a number of times. They went to the West final in 2018, but there was a feeling that they'd, they'd hit some kind of wall and listening to Kevin Shevel day off today, it was suggested to him, Hey, if he's not resigning, would he have been fired? And Chevy didn't say no to that. So there's some thought that, okay, maybe a change was coming regardless. Maybe this was a mutually agreed upon resignation, but the reality is he's, he's one of the, the better communicators in the media, at least. And he's fourth in the NHL history in games coached behind a bench, but hasn't won a Stanley cup. And here in Winnipeg, there was, there was kind of a growing wave. I thought from fans who are always, you know, quick to judge and the coach has to be the first to go, but a feeling that this team wasn't reaching their true potential and maybe they would never under Paul Maurice. And that's one of the reasons that he sort of cited today in his 22 minute exit press conference, but he said he's proud of the work he's done. He's still going to cheer for the Winnipeg Jets. He's, he loves the guys in this locker room, uh, but listening to the players today, they were pretty stunned that this happened this morning. Okay. And I want to get to that, but first, how do things really change? With Dave Lowry, is, is it really going to be that drastic just because it's it's Lowry in charge? I'm wondering what you think about that. You're right. I don't I don't see massive changes. He he talked today about wanting to get faster, noted that was something that they talked about in training camp. He noted that he's not going to dismantle everything that was put together over the first 28 games because he was a part of putting that together, right? And he's not going to take that dump on himself, but... I'm most curious, Reed, with the deployment of the minutes and the the lines. We, we've seen a big shuffle heading into this game tonight against the Capitals. There's been question marks about the, you know, he, he Maurice mentions that Shifley, Mark Shifley was maybe a bit banged up, had a Charlie horse. The question is, well, then why are you still playing him 24 minutes a night? And this happened last year with Blake Wheeler as well, who was hurt and still played big minutes. He played to a fault and maybe too much of a fault, Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler a lot. And even this season where Wheeler's coming out of a COVID break where he was symptomatic and it looked like it for a couple of weeks, he wasn't right. He was just getting better and starting to look like the Wheeler of old before he got hurt last week. There was certainly a question mark as well about how he used or didn't use young players, how he never really gave young players a chance or would put them in the lineup and only play them a handful of minutes and over reliance on, on the older veterans perhaps. So Lowry can bring a, a a different point of view, perhaps when your assistant moving to a, a head coaching role, perhaps you get to do things that you wanted to do, but weren't allowed to do. He's never been uh, in this role before though, in the national hockey league, he's been an assistant coach here before, but he's been and, and a head coach in the Western hockey league for many years and very successful, but this is a, a big role for him and he's got it for the rest of the year. Kevin Sheveldayoff said he has this for the remainder of the season. Christian O'Mell from CGOB in Winnipeg joining us tonight talking about Paul Maurice uh, stepping down as head coach in Winnipeg. So uh, I want to get a little more on the player reaction. Shock? Do you you get the sense that they're maybe a little happy or relieved deep down if there were some issues? Like, what what did you sense? I didn't sense that at all. Uh, Adam Lowry, Andrew Kopp, Mark Shifley, and Josh Morrissey were the players made available after the morning skate today. And they all echoed a similar message. And remember, these are all players that were drafted by the Jets, developed by the Jets, and have only known one guy as their head coach, and that's Paul Maurice. So they all said more or less the same thing, that 
they disagree to some degree with the notion that Maurice just didn't have the voice anymore or they needed a new voice in that locker room. Paul Maurice said it was a good day for him and the Winnipeg Jets. Mark Shifley said, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, and Andrew Kopp as well kind of brushed at the bristled at the notion that he'd lost the room or that a new voice was needed. They all quite liked Paul Maurice and they all said, we need to be better. This is to some degree a wake up call for us because it's been a, a very inconsistent road this season. They had a great homestand in early November and then really kind of fell off a map after that shootout loss in Edmonton a few weeks ago, where it was a great game. Uh, and Stuart Skinner stole the show in that game. But since then, the Jets have really been rocky and up and down. They lose to Buffalo on Tuesday. Just a terrible performance by the Jets. And, and the players have said they need to do better. We've seen this before in sports, Reed, where to wake up a team, what do you do? You can't trade the whole team away. So you make a coaching change and hope that that does it. And so Paul Maurice steps away today. And we'll see what the the dividends are because this is a team that has talent for sure. They've got one of the best goalies in the league. Their defense is better. They've got a lot of offensive weapons that just haven't quite clicked so far this year. And in a pretty stacked central division, this is probably the time to make a change. And when we've seen it today and now we, now we wait because you can't really pass judgment on a coaching change un, until the, the season is done. Can you? All right. Okay. Well, interesting story today. Uh, because I'm talking to somebody in Winnipeg, I'll ask you this as well to wrap it up. Has the Grey Cup party died down at all? <laughs> I think it has. It, it's it's so different this year, Reed, because COVID, right? Uh, I was at the rally that they had at their stadium on Wednesday, uh, anchoring our, our coverage of that event. It was uh, like seven or 8,000 people there, but you know, the players' speeches were pretty tame. It's colder now. It's almost Christmas. COVID's getting worse. Don't get me wrong. Every fan I talk to is so pumped that all of a sudden winning is becoming a thing for the Blue Bombers. They went back to back after not winning at all for almost 30 years. But I think uh, the party has has pivoted for sure towards getting ready for the holiday season and uh, new restrictions that have been put in place by our, our provincial health authority today, including Jets games capped at 50% starting next week. So uh, the happiness takes a, takes a turn, but at least there was joy for a little bit. All right. Well, Christian, thanks for the update. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy covering the game tonight, buddy. We'll see you soon. My pleasure, Reed. Thanks. Christian O'Mell from the CJOB Sports Show in Winnipeg. So I got to be honest with you. I lost track of where Philip Broberg was. He's with the Bakersfield Condors. So right now the Oilers only have five defensemen on their active roster. So I'm wondering if Slater Cuckoo is close enough that he could be activated for the game tomorrow in Seattle or if Philip Broberg might be called up in the morning. Uh, I was just in touch with someone with the Condors and Broberg's supposed to play tonight with them. So Keith in the COVID protocol, Nima Linen injured reserve, Chris Russell, long-term injured reserve, and uh, Marodi and Seth Griffith called up from the Bakersfield Condors. The Oilers are set to leave for Seattle in about 40 minutes. That is the latest there. Inside Sports on Chet, back after the break. Appreciate you tuning in tonight around the NHL after two. Rangers lead Vegas 2-1. Penguins lead Buffalo 2-1. No score after the first between the Stars and the Blues. Capitals and Jets. 
Just had the story on Paul Maurice there, stepping down as head coach. No score Capitals and Jets after one in the first period. Scoreless between the Preds and the Blackhawks. Later, Anaheim leading the Pacific Division home to the struggling Arizona Coyotes, who have just five wins in 28 games this season. Okay. Yeah, the Oilers only have five healthy D on the roster right now. So I wonder if Cuckoo is going to be maybe cleared to play in the morning or Broberg maybe gets called up in the morning. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Duncan Keith goes into COVID protocol. Nima Linen on injured reserve. And Chris Russell, who's been out a little while here anyway, goes on long-term injured reserve. Man. Okay. Uh, well, here we go. We're, tr- we're trying to have some smiles tonight. This always makes me smile. Hopefully it does for you as well. It is the uh, world-famous Name the Animal. Uh, Name the Animal. So Kellen Kennedy has an animal either in the control room room with him, and he will prompt it to make its sound, or he has recorded an animal that lives in the 630 Shed Animal Sanctuary, and maybe it's just too big or ornery to bring into the studio. So, Kellen, that's how that works. Uh, That's how this works. Uh, again, it's not a contest. People can help me electronically if they want, but they can't win anything. This is purely for entertainment and quite frankly, just as important educational purposes. Right. Because I've, I've learned a lot from doing this (laughs) and I really feel I've grown as a person. Sounds good. Excellent. So everybody just sit back, relax, uh, maybe have a nice warm, hot beverage and listen to the soothing sounds of tonight's animal. Uh, it's Jack Michaels chasing a French fry down uh, the stairway into a subway. I right. track, but <laughs> is that is it an eagle? Is it a screaming eagle? Uh, it is not a screaming eagle, but you have I, I, the uh, genus right. It is a bird. I always think sort. it's a bird. So tonight it actually is a bird. It is That's a bird. Obviously a bird. Is it a vulture? No, it is not. Uh, could it be, uh, okay, if this is Christmas theme, what's in the 12 days of Christmas? Uh, is it a partridge? Definitely not a partridge. Uh, okay, I think this uh, thing would eat a partridge. If it yeah, what else the is there? Uh, okay, so is, is this Christmas themed? No. Okay, so it's not from the 12 days. What do they have in the... What, what do they have in the 12 days of Christmas? There's a partridge in a pear tree. Yes. There's like eight peacocks preening or something like that. Uh... Five dancing swans. There's swans. Seven yeah, swans yeah, yeah, right. Swans is uh, is three, three sultry swans. I think is how that goes. <laughs> All right. So it's not a vulture. It's not an eagle. Mm. It's uh, is is it a buzzard? It is not a buzzard, but it's a large bird. Yes. It's a. It's a. Is it a mythical bird? It's not a pterodactyl. No, no. Uh, they a, do exist actually here in Alberta too. So. It's not cue the winged serpent from that cheesy 1980s movies. No. Okay. Is it a, uh, is it a crow? It is not a crow. Play the sound again. Is it, is it like a wild turkey? It is not a wild turkey. Oh man. So it's a large bird that, and they find them in Alberta. And yeah. they're, they're aggressive. Uh, yes, they could be. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm I'm missing something. Uh, I'm missing something obvious. 
Okay, I might need a hint because we're running out of time. Is it is it, what is it white? No, it is not. Is it, it is it is it black? It is not black. It's brown. It's a big brown bird. Yes. Is it Big Bird from Sesame Street? No, it is not. Uh, starts He's quite mean, actually, behind the <laughs> scenes. I've heard you don't want to mess with Big Bird. He'll spill his latte on I you. I heard he was fairly gentle. But anyway, it starts with an H. Uh, I don't know. It's a speckled hen. No, it's not. Uh, H-A-W. It's a hawk. Oh, it's a, of course it's a hawk. I feel shame. I should have thought of that. It's a hawk. There we go, everybody. Name the animal. I have completely failed. My Christmas wish for myself is to do better at name the animal. That was a good one, though, Kel. That was a neat sound. That was fun. Hey. By the way, is Cheddar still around? He is. Uh, I'll grab him for later on. He's we'll, kind of wandering we'll get, around in the newsroom we'll, right now. We'll have to get Cheddar, the inside sports goat, on in the second hour of the show. Will happen. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.